come to this happy place. Welcome. Please stand clear of the doors. For so today on Miles from Main Street, we are talking about locals versus faraway fans. We've been kind of laboring on what exactly we were going to call Disney enthusiasts who don't live close to the parks, uh, and we kind of landed on faraway fans. <laughs> so that's the terminology that we're going to be using tonight. Um, but uh, it's kind of a complex thing to talk about, uh, and it's something that I uh, only just recently started to really ponder uh, how locals experience the parks and how faraway fans, um, Disney enthusiasts that don't get to be at the parks um, all the time, uh, experience the parks. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We've got a couple different things to talk about. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a complex thing to kind of wrap your head around and, and think about. Um, so we're going we're gonna to give it a try. So when we say faraway fans, we're talking about ourselves, right? So faraway fans are, you know, us crazy people that enjoy Disney, but just can't get there as often as we'd like. Um, so it's going to be fun. You know, looking at this, this is one of those things where you would hear people, I don't know, like a Lou Mangiello or some of these other people that are able to be there more often. And you tell them like, oh, yeah, slow down and stop and smell the roses or You'd hear these people talk about sitting on a bench and just people watching for an hour. And I'd just sit there and go, how? <laughs> I don't have time for that uh, because I'm doing things a lot quicker, I guess. So to stop and think about what it's like for somebody that's maybe reporting about it from there who lives there versus someone like you or me, it's going to be uh it's going to be fun to talk about that. Yeah, and I think that's that's a good point. That's probably one of the first things um, that we can talk about is just the ability for these locals to attack the park in a completely different way than um, us faraway fans do. Uh, and because I mean, they have the luxury of time. They they I I just feel like I never have enough time at the park, and it's because. I'm only really ever there for like a week. Uh, and recently I've only been doing uh, like one park a day. So I've got one day to fit in as much as I possibly can at this place that I just want to be at forever. So that's real difficult. And if you know the parks and if you know Disney, there's just so much to do. And that's why, um, I mean, Disney's genius. This, they just cram as much stuff as they can in and you go there and you always feel like you haven't experienced what you like everything you could have so you end up coming back and you this I mean this is this is how they get lifelong fans is because it never really feels like you've done everything it never really feels like you've even done enough for uh, like how long you've been there um, and so that's kind of why we end up running through the parks, trying to do as much as we can because we just love it all. Uh, and these locals don't have to do that. Um, something they can do is just kind of show up 
at the parks in the afternoon and just like try a cheeseburger spring roll and leave. And that's, I mean, I, when I was at the parks recently, we looked at the line for spring rolls and we were like, nah, no, we're not, we're not waiting in line for an hour for spring rolls. Uh, I'm sure they're very good and I definitely want to try them at some point, but that's kind of the trade-off is, is locals can show up and do these like small little experiences. Um, and that kind of morphs the experience in a way where, uh, if you're just going to Disney and you're just trying to experience these things in little bite-sized chunks, um, that kind of changes what the experience is like. Whereas if you're um, a faraway fan and you're there and you're trying to cram as much as you can in, that means that something like Be Our Guest is competing with cheeseburger spring rolls. Um, so that's the thing is that like we kind of look at all of these experiences completely different than locals do because we're trying to find the ba- what is the best bang for our buck and what what are these experiences um, that are just going to knock our socks off constantly. Uh, and the locals are able just to, to just kind of go in and pick and choose these experiences and um, it doesn't ruin their day if they end up waiting an hour for it because it was the one thing that they needed to get done. Yeah, and if you go and look at the Figment popcorn bucket, People standing in line for seven hours, uh, that's not a faraway fan. Mm-hmm. That is the locals. And what are the locals doing? They are going to go resell those. <laughs> Obviously, some of them are going to be people that are there that just want the po- the bucket. And they don't care that they have to wait seven hours because they ha- can be there tomorrow or the next day or come next week. You know, they can just come right back and do what they want to do. Uh, I, on the other hand, am not going to stand in line se- for seven hours. I don't care what it is because I don't have th- that luxury. I don't have that time to waste. Um, so the first thing we wanted to talk about, I guess, is how you approach dining. Mikhailo, how do you do that? Yeah. Um, so for me and the past couple uh, trips have been very much dining centric. So it's been kind of like, what are the bucket list things that I've been wanting to do and what are the most amazing experiences and also things that I've heard that are, that are very good that I want to experience. Uh, because it, uh, especially with dining, it's kind of hard to hit everything like all of the fancy things and all, and all of the things that people are telling you to go to because there's so much. So you kind of have to pick and choose. Um, the past two trips that I've been on, it has been very much kind of like, let's knock off kind of the big things that people have been uh, talking about. Um, and also things that, that in my smaller Disney groups have, uh, have been talking about. Um, Skipper Canteen is one of them. Um, that's one that not a lot of people really know about. Uh, but is kind of like a hidden gem uh, out there. Um, not too difficult to get a reservation there, um, but still still very good and still very fun. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of like a when I when I was on my most recent trip, it's hard because we went to the California Grill 
and it just knocked our socks off and we we just thought it was so amazing and um the thing is is that that's what all of the uh disney vloggers say um and uh they're going there all the time uh but that's the thing is that like they we we didn't go to steakhouse 71 and try that amazing burger because we we were going to california grill um so it's 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 weird for us like we we look at everything kind of in rose-colored glasses um but that's that's kind of a uh, a big example um the example uh and this is kind of why we're talking about this that i had was uh nomad lounge uh now i'm not i'm not here to to knock nomad lounge um i thought it was very fun but that was one of the things where um there was this lore around it and all of the locals were talking about how great this lounge is uh and how how fun it is and how cool it is to be there um and so i i made it a point it was it was like one of the last things i did at animal kingdom because i was like i want to i want to finally do this uh we didn't we didn't have a reservation so at the end of the day it was a little easier to just kind of walk up and be like do you guys have any space um and so they were able to bring us in and everything but i mean it felt like and molly from all ears don't don't crucify me but it felt like just like a regular bar uh and i think um one of the reasons i thought this was had I not known that this place was so pumped up and people people loved it there, I would have thought it was just another bar that was a part of uh, Tiffin's. It's at Tiffin's, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, it it just felt like the bar for Tiffin's when, when we were there. But it was Nomad Lounge, and it was this, like amazing place that that all the locals go to and think is think is so great um and so yeah i i guess i just i just didn't really see it and it makes sense though because it was something new and it was something fun for locals it was like a new watering hole uh at disney that people could go to um that also had couches that's kind of that's kind of what i said i was like it's a bar with couches (laughs) like this is cool, but like, I'm not like blown away by this. However, for locals, it's, it's something new and something fun that they can go to. That's not just Tiffin's or pizza Fari or something like that. So I totally get it like that, but I was trying to flip it on its head where it's like, if I wasn't Disney literate, would I know that this was nomad lounge and it it was so amazing. I, I, when I was in there, I honestly don't think I could have. Or would you even know it was there? Because when you walk by it, you don't really know what's there. You Mm -hmm. don't see it. Uh, And usually it's because you've got tunnel vision for Pandora (laughs) happening. But, um, you know, the, when that first was mentioned, I kind of went, it's, it's a bar in a, in a park. I'm not going there because I, again, I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I don't know. Well, no, that's not true. I have had a beer in Epcot. I've had a beer um, in the UK Pavilion a couple of times because by the time we got there, we needed a break. Mm-hmm. So we'll go into the back of the pavilion. We'll sit down by British Revolution and watch them perform a little bit and enjoy our beer. And we usually share it. 
Um, but we don't, we wouldn't normally stop at a bar or make a point of stopping at a bar. So when this first started coming up as you got to check this place out, um, I, I first immediately said, no way. But then you get sucked in, right? You watch enough of these YouTube videos, you watch and or hear enough people say, you got to go check out Nomad Lounge. And then after the parks reopened and they started these uh, flotillas in Animal Kingdom, they come right by there. So if you're sitting out on that deck, you know, you can watch them come right by you. It's almost like having a personal experience with them, even though, you know, it's distance and it's a public thing, whatever. Um, so that started setting up the intrigue for me. Well, if I can get a place out there, but ultimately I was just getting sucked in by the locals or by the Disney media, if you want to call it that. Um, saying, hey, you got to check this place out. And so I still want to try it. My wife still wants to try it. So we will be trying it at some point. Um, but it's hard for me to sit there for an hour and a half, hour, hour and a half, whatever it might be, and relax. I'm not going to because I know that I got to get over here. I got to go get on to Flight of Passage, something right? To make my day worth my time. Yeah. And, and I, I totally get that. And that's exactly how, how I go through the park too. So then that's also coming back to the biggest thing that these locals have on us is time. Like they, they have the time to be able to just go into the parks and experience these things. And I feel like that's, that's a big reason why some of these, these lounges and these places are so popular for locals is because it's something where like, you know, Oh, I I think I want to drink. Let's go to the lounge at the, um, Grand Floridian. Uh, I think that place is called like, um, uh, Enchanted Rose Lounge. Um, and yep. so, and it looks really cool when, when we were in there, I looked in and it looked really fun. Um, but that's the thing is that like for, for locals, it, it is just kind of a watering hole where it's like a fun, cool thing you can go to experience for me. Um, I mean, if I wanted to get fancy and fun, I'd go to the old fashioned in Madison. Uh, that's kind of like a, a watering hole that I would frequent. Um, but the old fashioned doesn't hold a candle to Enchanted Rose Lounge or even um, Nomad Lounge. So, um, I, I guess that's that's the thing. And and when when we're looking at things like this, uh, I guess it's best to kind of think of it as like if Nomad Lounge was in Madison, Wisconsin, would people go be going nuts for it? I think they would. I think people would be really into it. Um, but that's the thing for people who aren't locals for faraway fans uh no nomad lounge is competing against pandora uh nomad lounge is competing against um all of these other amazing places that we could go uh and get food or drinks or something or just experiences so um we i mean we look at it differently because we are trying to experience all of those things in that one day. And Nomad Lounge is just a part of all of that. Um, which, for Disney, I mean, 
Disney's just so great that like you can encapsulate all these amazing things in one day. But that's the thing is that we we are looking at Nomad Lounge up against all of this other stuff. Whereas locals can just show up to Animal Kingdom and just jump into Nomad Lounge and that's their night. So and this this actually to give you some history um this speaks a lot to why epcot center is now epcot festivals (laughs) um it you know they need reasons to bring the locals in keep them coming there is a demographic of locals that finish their day of work and want to pop into epcot for an hour or two for maybe a meal maybe a drink something along those lines um and prior to covid they actually had a after 4 p.m season pass or annual pass where you could just go into epcot after four o'clock and they they had sold those pretty well um but that's why we see a rotating festivals for me i've gone i have made a point to do the festivals um i will sit here on many podcasts and i'll tell you how great they are but there are times that i sit there and i go what is a festival it's some food booths <laughs> so they're just selling me more food now i really want to get down there for festival of the arts this one looks completely different than flower and garden or food and wine or as some people say food and garden and flower and wine <laughs> um, because they're they're pretty much the same and you know the first time i got down there for uh, the f- for food and wine, um, I I tend to be a little bit into cooking. You know, I think of myself as a decent cook, um, not chef. I'm not going to use that word, but <laughs> you know, they had some things along with food and wine where you could learn from a chef. I didn't have time for that. There's just no time for that, you know, and. You know, and the other part is you've got family members that are with you, so you can't go and be like, "Oh, we're going to go spend two hours learning how to cook this dish." You you just can't do that. So back to that history piece. This is why there's festivals at Epcot because there are people that they need to keep bringing in, and you need to keep them interested. Somebody that lives there can easily say, "Oh, look." They're having a, they're having so and so come, create whatever you know. I need to go learn that, and those people are going to do that, and they're going to buy some drinks, and they're going to buy a T-shirt, and then you know, Disney's made their money. So it's um, it's something that I want to be able to experience. <laughs> I want that. I want to be able to be there enough that I can walk out one day because i'm just tired and not be mad that i might be wasting a half a day of a ticket um so uh you know the festivals i think they're great they they can have a lot of great um things encapsulated into them but i don't know that they're great for the faraway fan um at least for the faraway fan that is doing a whole day of Epcot and trying to integrate it as part of their day. Um, I have 
told many people and I've seen them do it, make it a date night um, to do the festival and grab some of the, the food and, and make it a date night walking around and just focus on that. Um, now that's an extra day that you're spending, right? Or at least spending the money for a ticket and going for an evening, something like that, you know? Um, so that can make it as a pricey date night. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I think that is the way that the fest festivals need to be enjoyed. Now, Festival of the Arts, because it's arts, has a lot more going on. It has a lot more to see with the vendors. Uh, I recently, and I, if you guys have not seen this, I'll try to put this picture out in our community group. Um, there is a picture of uh, Mar Mirabelle. I keep saying her name wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a picture for, of Mirabelle from Encanto. It's a 3D chalk drawing. And the first time I saw it pop up, it took me forever to get my eyes to realize that it was a 3D chalk drawing. I thought it was like something that they had built into the sidewalk or, you know, something along those lines. It took me a while to figure it out. It's amazing. That's the type of stuff that I'm going to stop. I can stop. I can take a look at it, enjoy it and move on. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I can see those art booths. I can pop my head in, take a look around, buy the $6 postcard and move on. You know, I, that's what I love about it. And then I can stop and I can listen to Broadway music, which that live stream they had on uh, earlier this week, or I guess it would, when you guys are listening to this, it would have been uh, last week. Um, that live stream of the Broadway music was so much fun to watch. And I would love to be able to stop and, and hear that or sit down and even watch it. Um, and I've enjoyed many rock concerts um, from afar, you know, I haven't like the last time we were there for, well, I guess we were there for food and wine and Christopher Cross was singing and, you know, like I know the I know his music and we just, I think we were standing in line for food, going, bopping our heads along to it. And, and then we moved on um, because again, we were integrated, trying to integrate it as part of a full day. So we didn't have the time to stop. Um, so that's my soapbox of festivals. <laughs> I will tell you they are awesome and you need to do them. But as a faraway fan, it's difficult. It is really difficult. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm just going to uh, say shout out to my buddy Jason, who was playing drums for that, that live stream, uh, the Broadway live stream. Uh, I saw it on his Facebook and I was just kind of scrolling and I was like, oh, yeah, that's tonight. And I, I was able to tune in and uh, see him drumming on a couple songs. So uh, good job, Jason. You did really you did really well. You, he always does well. He's such a good drummer. I remember one time uh, when he was playing with the, the Lumberjacks in Canada. What were they called again? It was, um, uh, it was, that was such a good band. So, wasn't it something with a kilt? Yeah, yeah. They all, they all wore kilts. Um, uh, Off kilter. Off kilter, yes. Uh, he he subbed for off kilter one time, and I saw him just completely nail the Neil Peart um, Neil Peart uh, drum drum fill solo uh, in one of the Rush songs. He just like nailed it, played played it perfectly. It was so good. 
Um, so he, he's really good. So shout out, shout out to my buddy, Jason. Um, but yeah, uh, another thing I kind of wanted to talk about, uh, that locals can do that, um, faraway fans cannot is buy merchandise. This was something that I got a little frustrated with when I was in Disney, uh, and I was there with my girlfriend who loves to, to buy stuff. Of course she does. And she loves to, um, look at the new merchandise that's dropping at Disney. And we had a couple of things in mind that we wanted to see if they still had. Uh, and it was for, like, for the most part, we were, we were there when some stuff dropped. And so we were lucky enough to be able to get that stuff. Uh, and that was, that was pretty easy. Like we were there the day that it dropped. Um, and it wasn't too popular, uh, but we were able to get it like right away. But for the most part, the the stuff that we wanted to buy that was really popular was just completely out of stock. Like we we were talking to cast members and we missed it by about a week, and they they kept saying like, "Oh yeah, I was here a couple of weeks ago, but I haven't seen it since." Um, and that's that's frustrating. Uh, and that's the thing is that if you're a local and you know something is dropping, you can you can be there within the next like two or three days and most likely get the thing that you you want. The Figment popcorn bucket, that might have been like a like a eh, they they had that for a couple days. So yeah, you could you could have ironed out some day to go there within like the three or four days that they had them in stock and and wait in a six hour line and get your figment popcorn bucket but that's the thing if i'm going to epcot i'm not standing in a line for six hours to get the figment popcorn bucket it's a really awesome popcorn bucket uh we ended up getting one off of ebay which i'm not happy about but i'm also happy that we got one uh but i'm just i i i can't i can't wait six hours to to get a popcorn bucket um i I just can't. That's six hours of doing so much more uh, in that amazing park. And I really think that they need to stop announcing when things are going to drop. <laughs> um, it, it's a small thing. I don't know that it's going to a lot, but I know like that uh, map, the park map merchandise that mm-hmm. they came out with. Yep. That's lasted a little bit and they didn't say when it was coming. Mm-hmm. It, all of a sudden appeared in the in the parks and um i believe you can find some of it on shop disney now Mm. so you know it i it's hard right now knowing that there's a supply chain issue and that they have had trouble getting some of their supply to know if this is really you know is it a reseller problem or is it just part of the issue that we're having right now as a country as a world um i uh i am gonna go ahead and say i mean i i know my my stance on this and i completely think that it's a reseller issue based on the fact that i that there is an ebay store out there that i uh i bought uh kristen my girlfriend some iridescent ears because that's something that we couldn't find in the park that we really wanted to buy at the park and I found this eBay store and I found a pair of ears. They were, uh, they weren't too terribly overpriced for, for what they were. Um, but 
I looked and she had sold 61 of them. So it's like this woman went out, somehow procured 61 of those iridescent ears and had, she probably has more than that because uh, she's probably still selling them. So she has a huge stock of iridescent ears that she's been selling through. And it's like, that is just completely robbing so many people of the experience of buying these things in the parks. That's, and that's what I want. I want to be able to find these things that I really like, that I've been looking forward to buying in the park and being excited about it and being happy that I found something that I really want to take home. Uh, And that the fact that now for the really, really fun and the really nice things that we want, we have to go on eBay for. Uh, And and this was something that I um, realized now because I've always thought that way. I've always thought, oh, I don't want to buy anything beforehand because I want to experience buying it in the park. But if it's something that you want to either wear in the parks or experience having it while in the parks you uh, and you don't live in Orlando, you got to buy it online. And you, you got to buy it when it drops on Shop Disney or you got to buy it from eBay because if you're not there right when these things drop, it's it's impossible to get, especially when they're popular. So there, there's my soapbox, soapbox moment, but that's, that's another big thing that, that locals have the luxury of being able to be there when a lot of this merchandise drops and they don't have to worry that like, oh, I, like, like I have to plan this vacation when this figment popcorn bucket is dropping, or I have to f- find a weekend and find time to just fly out to Orlando to go buy these things. Um, and, and that's, the, I haven't gotten to that point yet in, in, in my Disney fandom where I need to be there f- like for a day because there's something happening. Uh, I think that might happen when they announce Splash Mountain is leaving. Um, I almost did it when they announced that Illuminations was leaving. Um, but I just wasn't in uh, the place in my life to be able to just all of a sudden get a flight get a hotel get tickets for a day so i think the splash mountain thing has run its course already though and that was when the parks reopened because they had already announced that the change was coming they just didn't Mm -hmm. say when um because if you remember when that store reopened we were seeing garbage bags of plush Mm -hmm. go out the door yep um yeah i I agree. It it really sucks. Um, I you know going back to the things that we do at home to try to stay connected and you know our, our original plan here. Um, <laughs> we uh, I found myself picking up just Mickey Mouse things here and there. Um, I really want one of those figment popcorn buckets as well, but. I'm not going to kill myself over it and I'm not going to, I don't know. I don't want to feed the, feed the resellers. So I'm not going to go buy one on eBay or anything. Um, and that's no slight on you. That's fine. You did it, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, just, I'm finding other ways. I'm finding other things. I'm uh, my, 
my brother-in-law's out looking at garage sales and um on facebook marketplace all the time and he's buying up these collections of things and he gives me all these little mickey things here and there that he's finding and i love that i think it's great that's how i'm continuing my collection um it's it i'd rather be getting new stuff from the parks and i do pick things up here and there but i'm finding other ways for those things that i need to need to have um and that's i think that's maybe what disney is worried about is that we're going to find somewhere else to buy our stuff mm-hmm. yeah I, I i agree uh but i mean and i've said it before like i want to buy disney can take my money they, it, they're already doing it i'm going to sign up for dvc any day now they're going to take all my money i'm going to have all my vacations planned for 50 years <laughs> And they can they can take my money, and that's the thing is that I enjoy Disney as a company, and I enjoy the thing amazing things that they do. So I'd love to to throw my money at Disney and buy these things at Disney, but I can't because of a, a lot of these resellers. I, and I know that they are uh, taking steps to kind of combat that, um, but I, I I still I still see it all the time, and I still see resellers jump jumping in and and reselling all this product so um i'm not sure if if they really care that much because it's still money in their pocket but it's it is um something that kind of can help our disney going the the faraway fans uh disney going experience if we're not worrying about resellers swooping in and and picking up the merchandise that we really like and this is also, Brian, uh, a faraway fan issue. This is not um, nor- normal fans, normies, don't know about <laughs> about the, this merchandise. N- normies don't, don't go on uh, Instagram and look up new merchandise that have dropped in the park and think, oh, I, I really want that. I really hope that's there when I go. They just walk into a shop and they say, "Oh, this looks pretty cool. I should probably buy this." And so they they and it's funny. I in many ways I kind of wish I was a normie when I go to Disney because everything is is new and fun. <laughs> like everything is like, <laughs> "Oh wow, look at this! Oh wow, look at this! This oh this 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 ride goes goes backwards. Oh my goodness!" <laughs> like uh, so, yeah, it's. It's in many ways I kind of I I wish I was a normie, um, but I'm a Disney nerd, so I know about these things. Uh, so that's 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 the thing is is the experience again is completely different for faraway fans as opposed to normies and locals. So we are we are very much the anomaly uh, when it comes to Disney. However, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of us out there. Um, anyways, the the last thing. Uh, that we have to talk about, um, and this this one kind of seems a little obvious, but um, transportation, <laughs> uh, transportation in in the parks is completely different for very obvious reasons uh, when you're a local as opposed to when you're a faraway fan. Uh, and I think I've only ridden the tram like once, and that was because I ended up driving to the park. Um, 
And so that was one thing where when they finally brought trams back and like all the locals were just losing their minds because like, oh my God, we don't have to, we don't have to walk from the parking lot anymore. And I'm over here like, I took a bus to the front of the park. I, <laughs> I don't really, I don't, I don't know what's so great about this, but that's the thing is that we just don't experience that that way. Um, and another point to that too is a lot of times locals know exactly how transportation ebbs and flows. Uh, Because Brian, I'm sure you and I both know that transportation is never super consistent at Disney. (laughs) It can be really fast and really efficient for an hour. And then it can be just super frustrating and very slow and long lines another hour. Um, So, uh, locals really kind of know how that works. Like they know that like in the morning you're, you're not, you're going to be waiting pretty long for the Skyliner because everybody's trying to use the Skyliner to get to the parks. Um, so it's, it's things like that, that, that locals really kind of like, and that's the thing is that they get to go to these parks so often that like, they just know, how all this stuff works. They know the best way of getting to the parks. They know uh, where to go in the parks to uh, get places uh, quicker. So uh, that's another thing of, of how they use transportation different than us. But yeah, that was, that was one thing that I found interesting is that just being, being a, a normal guest and not a local guest where, we're staying at the hotels and we're using that Disney trend, like all of the, the Disney transportation, not like just the monorail or just the boats to get to magic kingdom. We, we take the buses and they drop us off right next to the entrance uh, at magic kingdom, which is always really great. And, th- and that's why I, I always say like, stay at a Disney hotel because it's going to help you so much. Um, but do understand that, with that Disney transportation, you're going to have to wait in a line at some point to get, to get on the bus to Magic Kingdom. Um, that was something that I experienced probably for the first time uh, on, on this last trip. And it was because we stayed at a huge hotel, uh, a, a, a huge um, resort that, that it, I mean, it was an all-star. So there's a lot of people there. The transportation for locals is is just completely different. Um, just and and also parking. <laughs> I never worry about parking, and and they lost their minds for good reason. I have to say, uh, when when they started to charge for parking. Um, another thing was uh, they used to say, "Oh, um, make sure that like you you can only go to these hotels if you have a reservation." I went to whatever hotel I wanted to go to because I was using Disney transportation. Nobody asked me if I had a reservation anywhere. Um, so that's just different ways that transportation is used and uh, different ways of experiencing like hotels and such because of using your transportation as a local versus a faraway fan. Uh, I was one that was pretty happy when trams are coming back because (laughs) the last trip we took there were a lot of issues with the buses at the time and they they came out and said if you have a car here you're going to want to take it to the parks 
Now, me being the cheap guy I am, despite all the whining from my family, I did not pay for preferred parking. So you're already putting a half a mile on mm-hmm. to get into the park, just to get into the park. And I'll tell you what, that first day, <laughs> and I think <laughs> I told this on our on the recap uh, episode that we did, but that first day we did Animal Kingdom in the morning, and then we went over to Epcot. And walking to Epcot was kind of rough. And we got energized enough, on, you know, on the way out, it was still kind of rough. But at that time, there were no trams. And I didn't realize what I was missing. And we put 30,000 steps on <laughs> that day on our Fitbits. Um, and I know, like, people always tell you, you know, you'll, you'll put twenty to 25,000 on. I was kind of surprised that we hit 30. Um So I understand the trams thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I, despite that crazy day, I did not pay for preferred the rest of the week. Now I will tell you that if you do find yourself um, trying to rope drop and you want to be up at the front, first of all, get there a little earlier than you think you need to be there. Second of all, pay for the preferred parking because that puts you up closer to the door and gets you in front of all those people walking like me that didn't want to pay for the preferred parking. (laughs) Um, So that extra $25 may help you get that Rise of the Resistance walk-on that you're dreaming of. Um, Again, something locals don't worry about, right? Uh, (laughs) So... Um, I, you know, I was excited that the trams are coming back because I had experienced it and I can see the pain. But again, as you said, I'm getting on the bus, I'm getting on the monorail, I'm finding, I'm figuring out the ways to go to get there. Um, and when they want me to, to transfer, I'm not going to Disney Springs to transfer. I'm going to the closest spot to transfer, right? Mm-hmm. If you, since you can't go resort to resort, you have to transfer in between. Um, so anyway, yeah, I think that the transportation is also underrated by many people um, because of how the locals might speak of it or show it. Um, the The transportation there is... Well, first of all, it's the largest fleet of buses in the nation, mm-hmm. quite possibly the world. Uh, it because of how many people are trying to move around that place, and the the buses, as you have said, get you much closer. And if you're staying at a nicer, or I shouldn't say nicer, but a more expensive place, you're not going to have as many people trying to jump on those buses. So you're gonna you're gonna have better luck using them, for the most part. Um, the the monorail is what my favorite thing to get on, um, and we will try to ride it as much as possible when we're there. Uh, so the unique versions of transportation, I don't think locals are using that very often. Um, anytime I watch Tim Tracker, he's walking in from the parking lot. And he's jumping out of boat. Here's the thing. I've never been on a ferry boat from the TTC. Hmm. 
all the time. All these videos I'm watching, all these people are coming in from the TTC. They're parking, they're walking up. Now they might be able to get a tram to get up there. And they're discussing, do I take the monorail? Do I take the ferry boat? <laughs> or do I grab a bus? Maybe there's going to be a bus running in that, that particular morning. And I've never had that decision to make. I've never had that problem <laughs> because I'm just taking a bus and they take you right up to the gate. I don't, I, I haven't been through the TTC. I, well, okay. I have, I've been to the TTC because I've had to transfer monorails to get over to Epcot, but I have not walked in and go, what form of transportation can I get on to get over to the park? So, um, you know, it's just, it's an interesting dynamic that we will sit there and we will watch these videos and they will contemplate different ways of getting through the TTC. And more likely than not, you don't need to worry about it. You, you can do a bus, get right up to the entrance to Magic Kingdom and you're in. And those buses are getting you closer at every other park as well. And one thing I, I've never done, which I do want to do eventually, um, is stay at either like the Contemporary or um, one of the, the Magic Kingdom Resort area hotels and be able to just like roll out of bed, jump on the monorail and get over to Magic Kingdom. That sounds like the easiest thing to do. You can even walk from the contemporary over to magic kingdom. I actually, I did it at one point when we, uh, we took a bus to, we actually took a bus to magic kingdom to get over to the contemporary. Um, it's not that long enough a walk. Um, Brian, I'm sure you know it very well, but, um, that's, and that's even that's even something I've never done, and and most likely far away a lot of far away guests do that. Um, so that that is a, a form of transportation that I'm sure um, not a lot of Florida guests do very often because they are parking, getting to the TTC, deciding what form of transportation they need to take today, and then making their way to Magic Kingdom. Um, but yeah, you're you're completely right. The those Disney buses, those are when you're staying on property, those are what you're always using. Uh, I will mention that, and this might be something that um, uh, locals can also do, uh, but it's something that faraway guests can do also, and it's probably more prevalent, uh, and that is using like a Lyft or an Uber. Uh, because the the one time I did that, you can, uh, they're always kind of around. Um you can you can uh, ask for one on the app, and they'll come pick you up. They don't have hours that they're available. They're just always available. They're just always out there, and especially around Disney because people are always looking for rides around Disney. Um, and so one thing I did when I when I stayed off property, which I haven't utilized yet, staying on property, but I think I may at some point, like if I just really know I need to get to a park early. Um, and I don't want to deal with crowds. Uh, maybe on my next trip, I might try this, but you can call for a lift and the lift will, will literally like, uh, except for magic kingdom, magic kingdom, they can't part, they, they drop you at the TTC. Um, but everywhere else they'll, they'll drop you off like right at the front of the park. 
um, which is, which is very cool, uh, and definitely helps. Um, the one time that I did that, I was like one of, I was one of the first, like, like 10 cars in line to get into the parking lot. And the lift just took us right to the front of the park. We were, we were like the first people there. Um, there, and there were already people there waiting. So obviously people have had done that already. Um, but you have to take into account that these Disney buses start 45 minutes before the parks open. So that's another thing. Um, locals may be able to get in their car um, super early, drive out to Disney and be one of those first 10 cars. Now they do have to park, uh, park their car and then get out of the car and then walk up to the front of the park. So if, if you have a lift, they'll just take you to the front of the park and you'll get out. Um, but that is another way of transportation that is kind of like a, a hacker or something different that you can do, um, as a far away fan, um, rather than a guest, but it's kind of the same thing where like they have that luxury of they can get to the parks as early as they possibly can because they have a car. But also they may wait until lunchtime to go to the park because they can, because they can. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a good conversation. Uh, We want to hear from you guys. Come on out to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Yeah, I guess we have a TikTok, don't we, Mikhailo? Yeah, we have a TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All linked within the show notes. Uh, Come on out and let us know what type of experience you've had, whether you're a local or a faraway fan. And let us know what, what you think you know, maybe we're on crack here and think that we're talking crazy. And and you guys that live local, you know, you can tell us, let us know if it's different. We're seeing these things on YouTube and, you know, it just, it, it plays different to us. So um, if you live in New York, live in Texas and you don't get down there as often, live in Wisconsin, you know, let us know how it is for you as well. We'd love to hear about that. So uh, remember, if you want to come out and do a trip report with us, let us know how your last trip went. We would love to hear about it. Give us an email at milesfrommainstreetpodcast at gmail.com or reach out through any of the social media accounts that we have. Uh, we'd be lo- uh, We would love to hear from you. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I think this one was a lot of fun. Uh, we want to hear from you guys and, and hear what you have to say. Uh, I had a lot of fun with my buddy Brian, but like we say, some live close, but others don't. So let's talk about it. We'll see you next time on Miles from Main Street. <laughs>